Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions on the internet. My name is Steve Warner, and today we are going to be talking about that income part of it. How do you grow your business? I am joined with somebody who likes beer, or at least they should because they're from Canada. They're joining us from the land way up north. She is a business coach who has been helping businesses for over 20 years. She helps grow their revenue. She helps grow their impact. She helps grow their income. Tammy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing great. And yes, I am Canadian, but believe it or not, I don't drink beer. (laughs) Ever? Ever. Wow. All right. I like it. I don't like beer either, to be real honest. It just makes me real bloated and not feel good. But that's not why we're here. We can talk about beer later. Maybe we'll talk about hockey, too. I don't know. I mean, you have all your teeth. Yes, I do. So I don't play hockey either. (laughs) Do you like hockey? Not really. I know I'm totally losing my Canadian cred. I also that's don't okay. important. So they're going to like, they're going to deport me. <laughs> that's all right. I'm sure you are friendly. That's the thing I like most about Canadians. They are super friendly. Yeah. So, okay. You're a business coach. You've been doing this for 20 years. I imagine you have seen some crazy things. You've helped some people out of some really tight situations. We'll get to that a little bit later. Take us back to where all of this started, because when you got started, I mean, the internet was in its infancy. Social media wasn't even a thing. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't exist. I mean, so, where did this start for you? Where, where did it start for me? Where it's, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, I got fired. I was in a job that I absolutely hated working for a creepy, incompetent old man. And it was all I could do to drag myself into the office every day. And I was already looking for another job. I was interviewing and doing all that stuff. And If it had been one more week, I would have been putting in my notice and going to another job because I'd already been in the industry for almost 10 years. Um, I had a great reputation, knew my stuff, but I got called into my boss's office and I got fired and I just started to smile and laugh, which is totally not the response he was expecting. And I decided in that moment to start my job, my, my business and going, I never have to work for another creepy incompetent old man again. So I decided to start my business and I'm a massive introvert. And the idea of doing sales or any of that stuff was just like the scariest thing on the planet. But when you are in business, you have to make the cash register ring. That is the number one job. And so I made that decision and I started my business and went through the painful learning and so many ups and downs, especially in my first two years. And I went into my business much better prepared than most people do, but it was still hard and challenging. And I decided right off the bat that I wanted to focus on helping self-employed small business owners because Nobody wants to help the baby businesses. They like employees with nice, steady jobs and regular incomes and been growing and learning from there and helping hundreds of different businesses across product, service and industry and learning myself along the way. So, okay, take me back a second, because first off, getting fired from your job, that strangely enough is how I got here as well. 
um, way back when. We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. But once you started, you said you were better prepared than most people. What made you better prepared? Because I don't think anyone is really knows what they're getting into when they get start a business. No. Well, I was, I was better prepared because I was still in my same industry. Um, I'd been getting the training. My, so my background is financial services. I've been in financial services. We're coming up on 29 years. And my job was to hire and train the agents, solve their problems, do all of this stuff, um, help them with their commissions, like absolutely everything. And I'd had people pushing me for almost a decade to go, Tammy, you're really good at this. Why don't you go into sales? And I'm going, are you kidding me? I'm a 20 something blonde woman. This is not going to be easy. And the idea of make of like doing sales, especially something like I sell life insurance, Steve, no one, no one wants to buy life insurance. Like they'll buy almost anything else. Like you say, I'm a life insurance salesman and they think, Herb Tarlick from WKRP in Cincinnati. It's not somebody they want to have over for dinner. Well, I had to learn how to do sales and I didn't want to be hitting on my friends and family, which is what most people do when they go into sales and financial services. So I had to figure out ways of doing it. And I just, I didn't want to just go out and do sales. So I actually created a personal financial course to teach people all the things that they need to know about money, think they do, and I guarantee they don't. So creating all of this stuff, but there is still so much stuff to learn. And I've also been studying money, business, and success since I was seven years old. I am a dork. Nice. So, okay, you were somewhat better prepared. What do you think was the number one lesson you learned in the first two or three years in business that allowed you to be successful? We've all heard the stat that one out of you know 50 businesses make it past year one, and then out of those, one out of 100 make it past year five. So what do you think the lesson was in those first couple of years that really allowed you to be successful and be in the game for as long as you have been? The, there's basically two. So number one, and this was the biggest challenge for me, because like I said, I'm very much an introvert and was raised with the employee mentality and all that, is you have to be constantly making the sales. You have to be filling up your pipeline. It doesn't matter if it's dead and there's nothing on the books. You have to be working on filling your pipeline. It doesn't mean if you're booked solid with appointments for the next two months, you still have to be doing your marketing and filling your pipeline. Because if you're not, it's going to be feast, famine, feast, famine. And that is stressful on every level. And then in order to support that and to make it go, you have to learn how to set up your, your habits and your mindset to support the actions that you need to do in order to do that. When you're an employee, you have your boss and all these external factors that are forcing you to do the things that you need to do. When you're the boss, the only thing that's forcing you is you or absolute terror because I have to make the mortgage payment and there's no money in the account. And then it's so much harder to make the sales. So you have to set yourself up with the habits and the, and the systems and the support that you need to be doing day in, day out, the little things that add up to big things to get the job done. 
That's okay. Two great things. So I want to start off with keeping the pipeline full. One thing that I've heard from numerous people over the years is I'm great at X, right? I'm a great chiropractor. I'm a great diet doctor. I'm, I have a great med spa. I absolutely love, I heard this the other day from an energy healer. I love doing energy work on people, but I hate the marketing. And I'm like, well, you have two options. You can either learn to love the marketing because really that is the business. Cause if you don't have leads coming in and you don't have calls booked and you don't have business, you don't have a business, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how great you are at the thing. So what did you do being an introvert to prime the pump, to bring people in, to make sure that your pipeline was full? Because this is something I see across the board, all over the place with people who are struggling. Just like you said, they could be riding high for two or three months because they got an influx of business and then suddenly it's famine again. What mm -hmm. did you do to help yourself keep that full? Because if you were an introvert, you were fighting an uphill battle for sure. Oh, oh, huge. And, and that's, that's a huge problem with a lot of us introverts that go in to business for ourselves because the, the, the myth of build it and they will come is one of the most harmful things that there is. If people don't, don't know, and there's so much out there, how are they even going to know you exist amongst all the noise? And so one of the things that I did, this should tell you. So I started doing a lot of small community trade shows and I did them geographically. So for number one, because I didn't want to be driving all over the place. Uh, number two, I wanted people to get used to seeing me. And I'd see a lot of the same vendors at the different shows and stuff like that. And the vendors were great clients for me. And you get to build up that rapport. And then you, people have come up to your booth and, and be asking, well, yeah, you see you're great, but what do your clients say? Well, if you want to know what some of my clients say, go talk to that booth because they've been a client of mine and them over there, they're clients of mine and them over there, they're clients of mine. I also started um, connecting with a lot of the adult education and different things like that. So I would be teaching like family budgeting courses or how to set up and understand your credit for the adult ed because when you're a teacher, you're an expert, and I've been told that I'm very, very good at the teaching, that would also be a wonderful way to be bringing in people to my world, because they get to, they get to know you, and you're providing valuable information, and then, well, if you want a private appointment with me, we can book it, here's my card, and I'm still picking up clients that I met years ago, my personal record is I did a lunch and learn for the city of Calgary. And then 14 years later, one of the people took two days to find me because she said, I remember you. I remember your first name and a teeny bit about you. She had moved out of the country. She was working for the World Food Program. So she's all over the Middle East. She got married. Now she moved back and she's telling her husband, we absolutely need to find this woman. He's going, why? Like, why are you going to all this effort? She says, when you meet her, you'll understand. So it took 14 years and her and her husband have been clients of mine. So that's, that's an awesome story. And you're preaching to the choir. Um, I built my business through live events and public speaking. So mm -hmm. if you're, and you're an introvert. So a lot of people tell me like, oh, you're a natural. I was not a natural, but I want to hear your side of it because so many people, the, 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 energy worker that I was talking about, actually, mm -hmm. I told her, I said, go do 
Like right now you can speak everywhere because it's all virtual. I said, go find some people and just go speak to her face. You would have thought that I told her she needed to like jump out a window. So yep. how did you find, talk to me a little bit about the public speaking and about finding the courage to actually go do that because it's a lot of times it's free or it's a low cost and mm -hmm. almost always leads to high quality people, clients. Well, it, it, it's huge because when, when, when you put yourself up on the stage and everybody goes, you have to be perfect. No, you don't. You just have to be knowledgeable. You have to care and you have, you have to put some personality into it. And everybody has their personality. Like I'm, I'm pretty in your face and, and flamboyant as you might've picked up. That works for me. But I've also seen so many amazing speakers over the years with all sorts of different styles and personality. And they can be totally and completely captivating and polar opposites. But one of the things that I did is I started going to Toastmasters. And that was a great thing because it's a nice, safe place where you can work on building up your skills and they'll help you realize the things that you're umming and you're awing or different facial tics you've got on where nobody else will tell you that because they're being polite and they, they help you and they give you the support and the confidence to go out and do more. I was already teaching and doing a little bit, but I'm going, a huge part of what I am doing is public speaking. And I always tell my clients, if you are speaking to anyone other than just you, you are public speaking. There isn't that much difference between you and I having a conversation and you being up on the stage and presenting to 50 or 500 or 5,000 people. It's just a conversation. Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, -E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. That's, I mean, there's a little bit of difference, but that's, it's not nearly what people think. Also, Toastmasters is one of the greatest free resources out there. Like I, I haven't gone since 2015, but I went in the beginning. I wanted to hold live events. I wanted to speak on stage. So that's where I went. Even though I had given some free talks, it's free training. And I will tell you, I also got clients from Toastmasters because I gave speeches on things that I was teaching and things that I was doing. And it led to conversations, which led to clients. I don't know if you had the same experience. Almost everyone I've talked to that is a business that is in the business world. If they do Toastmasters, they get at least one client from going. Oh, so yeah. nothing no, else. I picked up. And then other ones, another big one that I did for me, and this was also a really hard one because I love conversations and I like talking about things that matter. Small talk makes me want to slit my wrists. Like it's horrible. But I went and it took me a little while to find a couple of groups, but I found a few really good networking groups. And it, like I said, it took a little while to find the ones 
that resonated with me for personality and scheduling and things like that. There's networking groups that don't work for me, but I've recommended them for my clients and they've worked out great because for different things. And you become a regular and you're helping out and you're volunteering your knowledge and your expertise. And I always say, let's book a call and I'll open up my Rolodex and I'll, that tells you how old I am. I'll open up my Rolodex and introduce you to some people that can really help you out. And you don't pick up clients like instantly. It takes a little while because they need to get to know you, like you and trust you. But then you start picking them up as clients and they start referring people to you. And it just grows in this beautiful way. There's 29 different ways to market your business. And cold calling is only one of them and only for people who are insane as far as I'm concerned. But I know well, a few of them and they're damn good at it. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, the... I, the number one answer I hear is, oh, I'll just run ads. Well, first off, you got to have a huge budget to run ads. Two, you're avoiding, it's it's pain of avoidance, right? You're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just way easier to spend $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 a month on ads than to go talk to somebody. But going and talking to somebody, hands down, will pay you the most. So I want to go back to kind of your journey. So we're talking 15, 20 years ago, you joined Toastmasters, you start speaking. Between then and between now, what has your journey been like and how much has your business changed? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big one. One of the biggest things that started changing after I survived the, the two-year mark and had started getting enough people regularly coming in and, and doing a really good job of doing my job is more and more of my new business started to come in via referral. And a referral means they phone or email me and ask for an appointment. I wouldn't contact anybody. And I'd always ask them, so what did so-and-so tell you about me? And these are the three things they typically tell me. They say, nobody can tell me exactly what it is that you do because I do like a whole pile of stuff, Um, but you're the absolute best and I am to do exactly what I am told. And I'm going, great, we've got it all set up. (laughs) So that was one of the the biggest changes and I, and I, I... love it. So I haven't done anything other than the occasional speaking engagement, like literally in years for my personal financial planning business, because I've got more than enough business coming in from those types of referrals and looking after my existing clients. I don't have to worry about it. Um, One of the great things about my main business is there's a lot of residual income. So as long as you're looking after your clients and you're doing a good job, you keep building that up. So wonderful things there. But in 2019, I split my business into two. So I've always done the business coaching, consulting and and training in that. But in 2019, I separated my business into the financial guides, which is the personal financial planning and KSA, which is the business, because with the financial planning, I can only work in Alberta and BC. I've got my licenses. There's so much bureaucratic garbage and stuff. I'm tied there. But business is business is business. It doesn't matter product, industry, country, anything. The foundational pieces are always the same. And as long as you can speak English, I can help you because I only speak English, sarcasm, innuendo, and learning a teeny tiny bit of Spanish. So now I'm having to move fully into the online world and 
I haven't run any ads. Like I do post on social media and stuff, but mostly it's, okay, how do I take the things that worked for me 20 years ago before social media on how I met and connected with people and built those relationships? And how do I do that now online? And I can't go and be speaking to all these little groups because a lot of them still aren't up and running again. So now I'm doing podcasts and having great conversation with people like literally all over the world. You're just taking the same stuff that worked before and tweaking it and having to learn the frustrating, ever-changing technical algorithmic changes that drive you insane and still just keep going forward. That's, I mean, that's a good, good answer. And you are, I mean, one of the things that I learned from one of my mentors was there's nothing new under the sun. The ad stuff that was around in the twenties got remade in the fifties, got remade in the seventies, got remade in the nineties and is now remade. It's just moving where it is, right? So now it's on Facebook or now it's on Instagram, which I don't use either of them. I do strictly live events and speaking that works just fine. Now we'll do, sometimes I'll present in a Facebook group, but there's, it's the same thing. How do you talk about what you know? How do you tell a good story? How do you engage people? How do you give value? It's the same lessons. So one of the things I want to go back to with business coaching specifically, being in business for 20 years, what is one thing that you see over and over and over a mistake or something that it gets ignored that they need to pay attention to? What's one thing that you just, if you could tell anyone, what would you tell them? Fix this first. Well, one of the biggest things that I have I have found, and I probably see it more than most, because like I said, my background is financial services. So a lot of the time I would get called in for a business going, okay, it's Tuesday. Payday for all my staff is on Friday. There's no money in the account. What do I do? And so I start asking a couple of questions and I go, tell me about how do you do your invoicing? How do you do your billing? And they go as pink as my shirt and they put their head down. They're going, well, we've been so busy working and on the tools or, or in the shop or whatever. I haven't sent an invoice out in three months. And I'm going, well, no wonder there's no money in your account. Do you pay a bill you haven't received? And he goes, no. Well, then nobody, nobody else does either. The, the biggest thing that I have found is that business owners, unless the, the phone is ringing off the hook because the, 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 the suppliers and the collection agencies are calling them, they don't even want to look. Or if there's not millions of dollars hitting their bank account, so it's a super positive number, they avoid their financials. And I'm going, that is one of the worst things that you can do. I want all of my clients to do their own bookkeeping, all of their own stuff for six months to a year so that they can get intimate and familiar with their numbers. And like when I'm working with my retail clients, I make them track their cash flow on an hourly basis. And then we go, because your numbers can tell you so many beautiful, wonderful stories that can help you better serve your clients, help you with scheduling, help you with marketing ideas. Because like, if you've got um, like a cafe and you're opening the cafe from 9am to 9pm, but we're tracking your cash flow and your cash flow your cash register doesn't ring until 1130. Why in the world do you open at nine? And what's causing it to run ring at 
11.30 and different things? And are you finding that there's certain days that are busier and certain days are quieter? Then ask the question of why. Oh, well, the massage therapy class that's, that's being taught in the building across the way, well, they're always in class on Tuesday and Thursday and the class walks by the shop on the way back to the parkade. So they stop in and get things. Well, great, okay, so how can you market to them better? What are the different things that you do? Um, if you look at the big stores, like I tell people, my husband and I, we did a full renovation of our house a few years ago. And one of the things we did, like we gutted the kitchen, did all of it. We bought our kitchen from Ikea. We took advantage of their kitchen sale. Ikea has kitchen sales two times a year, all the time. They have them in the spring. No, they have them in winter and they have them in summer. Why do they have their kitchen sales in winter and summer, Steve? Because that's when people have time to do their kitchen. Probably no. winter, I would guess, for the holiday season because they want to have a nice kitchen to entertain. I don't know. You tell me. Well, well you kind of got it right. They're naturally busy in fall and spring. They're busy in, in fall because people want to get their kitchen done for Christmas. So they're already coming in and doing the buying and stuff. And they're busy in spring because people want it done before the summer because they're going to go on vacation or they're getting the house ready for sale because that's when things happen. So they don't have to have their sales in fall and spring because they're already naturally busy. But they're going, okay, how do we get more people in buying the kitchen stuff and leveling out more of our business and making our revenue more steady? That's why they have their kitchen sales in winter and summer because they know what their numbers are. You can take that same logic and apply it to your business, no matter how small, even if it's just you, but you have to be taking a look at your numbers and go, what is going on? I work with so many tradespeople, and these guys are going, I'm like, I'm just going crazy. I am so busy on the tools and I'm doing all of this stuff and they'll get all their jobs done. And then they go into panic mode. They're going, I don't have any jobs booked. And I'm going, well, what marketing did you do for the last three, four months? Well, I couldn't do any marketing. I didn't have the time because I'm on the tools. Well, that's your problem. You need to have your system set up so that you are consistently marketing. If it's going to your regular networking event, if it's doing some posting on social media, whatever it is, you have to be doing consistent marketing because if it's just feast and famine, feast and famine, your customers will forget that you're there. They'll think that you've gone out of business. They'll think that you're flaky and that doesn't help you. That's, I mean, that is a very, very good lesson. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about just priming the pump, making sure that you have stuff in the pipeline. Well, Tammy, tell us a little bit. Um, you have a entrepreneur quiz that you are giving to anyone who listens to the show. Talk to us a little bit about what that is and where they can find it. So one of the things I put together to help people figure out where they're strong, because everybody has strengths, where they're weak, and most importantly, where they don't even have a clue that they need to know. So I put together what I call my solopreneur self-assessment. It's just a quick little questionnaire that you can do on your own and figure out, like I said, where are you great? Where do you need help? And you can go to my website and get that. And it's ksabusiness.ca slash gift. And if you don't know what the KSA stands for, it's kick some ass and you can get it for free. And if you want to book a free 15 minute consultation with me and see if there's a way that I can help you, you can do that as well. I am on a mission to 
fix the dismal, disappointing, and completely unnecessary failure rate of new businesses. I love it. Um, that will all be linked in the show notes. So if you want to book some time on her calendar, if you want to take that quiz, go check it out. Tammy, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey. This has been a super fun conversation. Um, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Steve. No problem. It's been my pleasure to everyone else out there. Until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.